are now listening to the Elite Maniac Podcast. Remember to subscribe, follow and leave a five-star review. What's up, people? The Elite Maniac Podcast, where we discuss all things AEW. My name is Mex, also known as WrestleManiac UK. I'm alongside my co-host, Mike, also known as King's Road Wrestling. We've got a pretty decent show for you today, rounding up all things AEW Dynamite from the night before. We saw Cody and QT Marshall have their exhibition match. We had some wicked six-man tag action. We had a brilliant main event with Miro Kip Saban versus um, Best Friends. So we're going to get to that in all, just a second. But firstly, make sure you smash the like button on the video. Just make sure you subscribe to the channel, YouTube channel, WrestleManiac UK. And for all our audio listeners, please make sure you subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice. Drop us a five-star review. Let the people know the good work we're doing over here at the Elite Maniac podcast. Mike, how are you doing this week? I'm having a great week. Uh, I think we should, you know, maybe tell everyone out there that uh, we are changing the name of this podcast and focusing totally on Monday Night Raw from now on, everybody. <laughs> April Fools. I had to do it. I had to do it. But I know after uh, Meeks really loved the Monday Night Raw show this week. So we have to say. No, I, yeah, loved it so much. Um, but I'm good. I'm good. It's my birthday tomorrow. I love April 1st. Uh, a lot of funny jokes on Instagram about WrestleMania being canceled and all that stuff. Um, what shirt are you wearing today? Let's do that for everyone out there. What AW merch are you rocking? The IC. I wear my inner circle shirt. Okay, I love that. The OG inner circle because inner circle are back in business. They're back in business as of this show, which was great to see. So, um, yeah, I had to throw on the inner circle. And for those that can see, those that aren't um, just listening and are watching on the YouTube, we've got a bit of MJF action from Mike. Sporting the Burberry scarf. I got the scarf. I got that Omega Red Con shirt. Uh, you know, Kenny. Kenny did really well last night, so I had to support him today. And this uh, this MJF scarf, you know. MJF was gold last night. <laughs> yeah, he was really good. He was really good. So, yeah, you know, a pretty, pretty decent show. Again, that, you know, we've just become accustomed to being very much entertained on Wednesday nights from the AEW Dynamite roster. Um, the stories they tell and even we're getting the odd thing from uh, Elevation, Dark feeding into the show as well, which is really good, really entertaining. So I don't know, without further ado, Mike, you want to take it away? Let's break it down, everybody. You know how it goes. Uh, we had the kickoff of the card. Christian Cage, Captain Charisma versus uh, Frankie Kazarian. These guys uh, had uh, some feuds in TNA Impact Wrestling back in the day. So uh, this was Cage's choice of his opponent, who he wanted to face first. It was Cage's first singles match in seven years. Obviously, we saw him uh, enter at the Royal Rumble uh, a few months back, but this was his first singles match. And kind of a mixed bag of reviews from the fans on the internet of how Christian Cage did I thought that he did very well uh, in this match. Um, you know, he's a little bit different. He's a little bit more uh, slowed down, kind of more ground and pound, more of a, 
you know, just a slower wrestler, but that's completely understandable for someone uh, his age. These two, though, they fought very well. And uh, I will say that Frankie Kazarian, for most of the match, he, he really did dominate. I feel like he was carrying the match. And I don't know if that was intentionally done um, to, like, maybe highlight some of the ring rust that Cage has that he needs to really work his way up through the ranks or if it wasn't intentional and, and he just needs to get a footing in AEW. You know, it was a different world than what he was used to, for sure. But uh, Kazarian really controlled this match throughout um, until we got towards the end. And um, I don't know if you noticed this, but the time limit for this was really running down. They were like at 20 something minutes for an opener with no commercial break. So you were getting like just straight wrestling for a good 20, 21 minutes. Uh, They mentioned the possibility that it does go to a time limit draw. Obviously, it did not. Uh, We saw near the end a sequence of a flux capacitor by Frankie Kazarian, his Spanish fly move. He got a very, very close two count. And then a five-star frog splash uh, from Christian Cage, also very, very close two and like three-quarter count. Um, We then saw Christian Cage pick up the victory. Uh, Wasn't really sure who was going to win. Maybe thought they were going to go to a time limit draw, but he hit his kill switch finisher and got the victory. So first win for Christian Cage in a a pretty long and grueling match. What what were your takeaways from his first in-ring appearance here? This match was very good. Um, I thought that Kazarian was the um, MVP. I just thought for sure. Really, really good throughout this entire match. Um, got everything what he needed needed to get in. In, um, like you said, I think he probably carried it for long parts of the match. He seemed to have all the energy in the world. A couple of interesting near falls. Um, I mean, I can't give him all the credit. Christian has obviously played his part. Um, but yeah, I felt like I saw more of Kazarian than Christian. Christian seemed to just survive the match and get through. Rather yeah, because uh-huh. really took it to Christian. Um, that springboard leg drop that he's done, and I never watched anything in TNA Impact, so I'm not sure if that's a thing that he does. But that was like the first time I'd seen it, and I was completely blown away. Yeah, it was I thought cool. that was a wicked move, like springboard leg drop. Uh, didn't put away Christian, and then for me, the part that killed it is that after all of this kind of offensive behavior from Kazarian, he got put away by the kill switch, which. I just think it's just a rubbish move. I don't I like think, that move either. I just think it's rubbish. I've never, you know what? Even from his days as Edge and Christian in WWE, and the move was called the Unprettier. I've never liked this move, and I just thought because he's now older and he's doing it slower like, to turn the guy around. I just think this move just looks trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> I yeah. Like for for a match that Kazarian really took to him to be put away by that move was pretty disappointing in my opinion. This is exactly what we said. What I have always been saying with some of the moves that like are put on Brian Cage, uh, I guess Christian Cage's brother. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, sometimes like they hit the big guys with these moves, and it's like that didn't put him away. Come on, that's exactly what I thought yeah. here. Because like Frankie, as you said, had all this energy throughout the whole match. Then he gets like dropped on his head, and that's it. Um, I think Christian needs a new finisher. Uh, he has every, you know, Jericho did the new finisher. There's, there's plenty of people who are older who changed. And I think that the kill switch really didn't do it for me last night. Um, so I agree. I would agree with that. Let me ask you a question. I was thinking about this last night. So we've gotten a little taste of Christian. Now we've gotten a little taste of his tag team partner edge. 
who are you really liking more right now in terms of like, like in ring who you enjoying watching? I know that the feud with edge is really good, but like the two abilities, what do you think? I mean, if I'm completely honest, I'm not into either of it. I'm not into <laughs> edge either. And I've seen, I have watched his stuff. He has the worst finisher I've ever seen. I'm sorry if I insulted anyone. It's terrible. He falls into him. People are like, yeah, I've, amazing. I've, I've never liked his spear. But like, if I think if we're looking at the spear and the kill switch next to each other, the spear is better. But to be honest, I'm, I'm not even bothering to argue that case because I'm not really into everything. And everything happening between Edge, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, I really give a lot of the credit to Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan okay. has saved that story. Like, and it's really, really interesting. But yeah, like Edge and Christian, like I think this is where Christian should be um, in the cards, just having these kind of good stellar matches and stuff like that, showing that he can still go. Edge will probably eventually fall down to such um, after his, you know, big title picture at WrestleMania. Yep. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely Christian needs to switch up his 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 finisher. His repertoire definitely needs to change a little bit. I think we're both on par with that. Uh, you know, I rated this match pretty highly. I did enjoy, uh, you know, as I stated before, we came on the air. Last night, we kind of got a taste for everything. So, uh, you know, this match, the opener was the real catch wrestling, technical ability, highlight, like very traditional wrestling match. That's yeah. That's what the opener was. I did appreciate it. Uh, I think it's important to note also that you win against Frankie Kazarian. This is a guy who is an OG AEW guy, but he has like 35, 36 wins. He's one of the highest win rates in AEW. So um, that it is not just a easy win for Cage. I mean, this will probably propel him close to the top five rankings or at least get his name into the conversation with a win like this. So it was a good choice for his first opponent, for sure. And a good opener, a very good opener. Um, yeah, man, he he did outwork. He, he he worked hard. He definitely convinced me of his motto. I he, think that he was gassed, dude. He was totally sweating. Like I agree. He And I think in, 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 instead of saying working hard, he survived. I think he survived that match. I don't think he worked hard, per se. I think, think he, he survived everyone he definitely he he got the win so it he kind of outworked kazarian but i think that you know frankie kazarian outworked him and he got a win with his little finisher and that was it he survived he out survived everyone well i hope this isn't a trend where he just kind of like pulls off the surprise win yeah i don't know we, we really don't know at this point though um yeah, it's anyone's guess. I'm hoping for some good promos from him, though, and uh, maybe a week break or something. He probably needs it. But um, that was the opening match, everybody. Uh, before before you get into the next the next match, the next segment, FH says here um, he's liking the MJF sweater. Thank you. <laughs> oh, scarf, sorry. Um, and um, Daniel says that seven years is quite a while, though. And yes, I, I you know maybe I'm being a bit harsh. I need to remember that. Yeah, it has been a while since Christian wrestled his last one-on-one yeah. -on -one match but um yeah for me kazarian really just made a good case for himself and christian's finish is just a bit rubbish like just have a, a bit have, rubbish have, have, a, have a submission move you know these older guys are kind of transitioning themselves to have submission moves for their finishes which i think works so that might be better so yeah yeah i would agree with that um maybe he'll get the message 
but who knows? <laughs> uh, we had a lot of promos. Uh, and what I did is I put them all on one page. So um, we'll do like half of them now. We'll come back to the rest. But uh, Darby Allen had, had a pretty cool promo right after this opening match. Um, you know, it was classic Darby Allen style. Uh, it says money changes everything. He had that written on a wall in the back. Um, it says Matt Hardy, who he called out, is just becoming an old guy because he interfered last week in their TNT title match. He's trying to buy everybody's respect. But he says that Darby will not be – he said that he will not be bought by Matt Hardy's money, and he will not respect him um, just because he pays him off. So it seems like just everyone's mad at Matt Hardy these days. Matt Hardy, the money chasing Carney, man. He's, yeah. He, he's very interesting as a character, but I don't know. Like, do you even think he's doing a bit too much, kind of trying to recruit everyone? And I really liked him, like, before Revolution. I was, like, very, very into him as a heel with Private Party. But I don't really know how I feel about this recruiting Butcher and the Blade. I feel like they are... Um, I don't know. They're kind of a little bit of a bu- above this. Like, the Private Party are young boys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Butcher and Blade are not, and they're not mm. stupid. They're I don't really stupid. I don't really get it. I'd pick like top flight or some other yeah, team, yeah, maybe to yeah. you've hit the nail on the head. I think that's that's where it's come for me. It looks like a bit like okay, Eddie Kingston's now running with Moxley, so now we need to give Butcher and Blade to someone else, sort of thing. Like it was unnecessary. If they wanted to keep it in terms of the old head scamming some of the younger guys, exactly like you said, top flight. I'm sure there's other guys and girls that he could do that to in the back. A lot, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think just kind of dropping Butcher and Blade on him is just a bit... Mm, they're trying to weird. make it work, though. I mean, I'm enjoying, you know... Um, I'm enjoying Isaiah Cassidy and stuff saying that, you know, these guys are weird. They don't speak and this, that, and the other. But yeah, yeah, I do think it's a bit weird. So there was some backstory on BTE this week. The way that Matt recruited Butcher and Blade was he got up in Damascus gear and then like talked weird to them, like the condition. And then yeah. he, re- yeah, I guess the they, gimmick. yeah, connected that way to him. But uh, not everybody who watched Dynamite is going to know that. So a little odd, but yeah. I digress with that. No problem, no problem. But yeah, I think um, the Matt Hardy stuff is it's it's okay. He he's doing the best he can, which he always does. Um, but yeah, I just think Butch and Blade being there is a bit weird. I've always liked Matt more than Jeff. I'm going to be honest with everybody here. I've always been a Matt Hardy fan. I I've never really been into Jeff Hardy. I was at first a Jeff Hardy fan mm-hmm. just because of, you know, obviously the stunts and all of that kind of stuff. But as I've got older now, I've definitely transitioned into a, a Matt Hardy fan because you can see the creativity where he can't rely on putting his body on the line and doing all that kind of mad stuff. Now he's got to be smart upstairs with his brain and do different things yeah. differently, be more creative. And he's definitely shown that in recent years. I respect Jeff Hardy for sure. I respect guys like Edge and, and all them. So when I say I don't really like I'm saying that I don't root for them. I root for the other guy instead of them. So yeah, yeah. hopefully uh, everybody takes that the right way. But uh, we'll move on with Jade Cargill. One of the, uh, I think, three elements tonight of a women's division really rising up and having multi-level feuds from coming from different directions which is something that you stated that you wanted to see uh you know we have in the past couple of weeks just seen one really good women's segment but to make a women's show uh come 
to light and, and and be a really as good as it can be, we need multi dimensions. And we had a Jade promo to try to do that. Um, she called out Red Velvet, said Red Velvet knows that Jade has it all, said that she makes the money for Tony Khan with that Shaq match, which is probably pretty true. Uh, she definitely did make Tony Khan some money. She said, Red Velvet, you can keep talking shit, but she is that woman. She is that bitch. And she's coming for Red Velvet. So that feud has been cemented tonight. Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to tell this story for a while. This may be, you know, these, it may be these two um, coming at each other, cooling down, coming at each other for the rest of their career. Because we know that's how wrestling likes to work. They're going to have a very long story going up against each other throughout their entire career. I can see it already. But Yeah, me too. Um, you know, it'll be good to have these two square off again. I guess Red Velvet will be chasing her win back after getting pinned by Cargill in the last outing. Um, and then I think th- that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing because, you know, eventually in wrestling, we're always looking at someone's undefeated streak and, oh, when are they going to lose sort of thing? So if Jade kind of gets the first loss out of the way nice and early, she has that pressure off her back, if you see what I mean. Um, but, um, yeah, I think Red Velvet and Jade Cargill can have something special here for the rest of their careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of guys come in and they have that undefeated streak, especially in AEW. Uh, there's a few I know, like Miro. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't like that pressure either so I, I would agree with that red velvet which maybe you should pick up the win for the next uh, time that they meet yeah. uh how about this really interesting exhibition match that we saw next with um qt marshall and cody facing off with special guest referee arn anderson um cody is um just ah uh, i don't want to say it i want to say he's just mean like he acted like a dick last night. Like, really, he did. I can't sugarcoat it here. They didn't even give QT an entrance. They made him come out. Cody gets the grand entrance. The Nightmare Family, stupid Austin Gunn and Billy and his dumb other brother, Colton, come out. They're all hyping him up. Comes through the middle. Nobody else can come through the middle except Cody. And then it's just QT there in the middle of the ring. Barely gets acknowledged. And I love the fact they said that on commentary. Like, oh, where's where's QT's entrance? Yeah, where is like, QT? <laughs> as if it went missing or something like that. Um, yeah, this is this is part of the story they're telling, though, isn't it? Cody's the big star. He's the face of everything. So, yeah, but that did not work out because QT really had enough of Cody's BS and his antics. Uh, I mean, the two had a very very basic match, and Cody really was kind of dominating QT. QT couldn't really get in anything. Uh, Cody had the opportunity to put in the figure four leg lock. Then he declined to do so because he didn't want to hurt QT as promised from last week. So QT was pissed. Then um, he tried to do the crossroads, let him out of it. Like, if I hit you with this, you're done. Like, I am (laughs) the wrestling guy. QT had (laughs) absolutely enough of this. And he went out to the ring. Rolled back in and then punched Arn Anderson right in the face. And I popped. I said, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, what did I do? What? Did I- oh, wait. I-, I know what I was doing. And then he sends out Aaron Solo, Anthony Gogo, and Nick Camarado, the Nightmare Factory boys. And they beat the crap out of the Nightmare Fact family. Out of left it. field, right? I love this. I absolutely loved it. A lot of people have made a lot of noise. Oh my God, another faction, this, that, and the other. 
I absolutely love this because yeah, too, this is probably the one faction that makes sense. You know, these are guys that are in the, um, what do you want to call it? In the Nightmare Factory. They're training hard to get their chance. They haven't been given their chance yet. Um, as far as I can remember, maybe only Camarado's had a match on Dynamite, which he lost. Um, I think he faced Moxley mm-hmm. some weeks back. Um, no one else really had an opportunity. QT, as a, as a coach, as a mentor, is definitely being overlooked. Um, not being mentioned by Lee Johnson when Lee Johnson had his first big win. Yeah. Um, I think it just makes sense a frustrated bunch being led by their frustrated trainer. Um, so like they, we've got this kind of night, nightmare family civil war going on. Um, really, really good, really interesting stuff. Definitely. And yeah, you know, we have Anthony Agogo, who's been a mainstay on AW Dark Commentary, but he's been training with Cody at the Nightmare Factory yep. too. He's an Olympic level boxer. And you know, that is cool. Uh Aaron Solo. Very, very skilled. And Nick Camarado is a monster. Yeah, and exactly like you're saying, they're being led by QT, this kind of other element of the Nightmare family, and they are sick and tired of being overlooked. So, yes, you're right. This faction absolutely makes sense. Uh, JR mentioned that QT has poisoned poisoned these young students' minds. Uh, I don't think so. I think maybe Cody poisoned everybody's mind by focusing on Golden Boy Lee Johnson, and the rest of them are just like chopped meat here. Uh, but QT, yeah, he led them to destruction. Uh, Anthony Gogo hit Cody with a kidney punch, which actually looked like it hurt because this guy's a real striker. Um, Dustin got his ass kicked, and they smeared <laughs> Dustin's blood on Solo's shirt, which yeah, is a crazy yeah. shot. Very, very cool. Uh, then they pile drive Dustin onto the steps. QT was about to hit Cody with a chair on the steps and I was like, do it, do it, do it. And then I red velvet came out. I know. I don't know why he didn't do it. But red velvet came out. I was like, I was like, Oh no. I'm like, no, we had Osprey. We had Randy Orton. Now we're going to have QT Marshall with this whole, let's hit the female talent. But uh, he didn't. Um, he didn't, but I, I wish he did hit Cody. If he hit red velvet, he becomes the biggest heel in the world. I, I mean, like, can we say that? Can we say that? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm not saying he should, but, but if, he I'm did, saying if he was to, yeah, yeah, that would have been massive. But I mean, to be honest, even if he hit Cody, that would have been massive. Um, but yeah, I, I would have loved to see him hit Cody a hundred percent, yeah, and dude. then maybe red velvet comes out afterwards. I need, I think that would have been the brilliant punctuation on this whole segment. Um, but you know, they've, they've drawn the battle lines. We're getting some type of nightmare family civil war. And I'm looking forward to it. FH has said here, he sees similarities with QT storyline and Sami Zayn, where they're both overlooked while criticizing upper management. That's true. El um, Generico, the boy. <laughs> Daniel says, I really like this too. And FH goes back to say, okay, you turned me around with the faction explanation. It, it honestly is the one faction, like all the AEW factions make sense and they're nicely pulled together and well used. But this is the one faction that you can say completely makes completely sense. Completely makes sense. I'd say, I'd say this, and team, this and Team Taz makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah. Especially in terms of in this faction, QT's faction, who is in QT's faction? This isn't just a bunch of wrestlers that aren't doing nothing that are kind of brought together. They, they are together for an exact reason. Like it, it totally makes sense. For sure, definitely. Um, yeah, Aaron Solo, man, has been putting on some really, really great matches and like barely anybody talks about him. So I kind of get the frustration. And then um, a go-go 
it's just relegated to commentary. Like this guy's probably pretty good. Um, yeah. I'm, it, dude, I, I'm so pumped for this because of what QT did. And I feel like we are going to get some great segments in the coming weeks for a build up for like a blood feud match between Cody and QT at uh, the next pay-per-view or show. Yeah. Maybe big show, but I love this man. I think it's going to be great. I think Cody, like when MJF turned on him, he was so, so pissed. I think he's going to be even more mad because this is like his real best friend is QT, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but be a crazy match, man. No winner, though. No winner. No, no. The guy, the match was thrown out at the minute that the enforcer was attacked. But like I said, the, the, the segment ended in such a way where you almost forgot there was no actual winner. We didn't need one. Yeah. No, we did not need one. Um, yeah. Speaking of factions, we had another one come out for this next match with uh, Cesar Bononi, Ryan Nemeth, and JD Drake. Now, I will say this. There has been a lot of talk online, on Instagram specifically, about, oh, I can't believe there's so many factions. Like, What are they doing? There's way too many factions. A three-man team is a trios team. It's not a faction, I don't really think. I, I, I don't so get that. If I'm, if I'm correct in my definitions, a faction is a team of four or more people four or more people. i think anything less is maybe called a tag team or a stable like jurassic express it's not a faction yes i believe jurassic express would be uh classed as a stable they are stable um, yeah or a team because correct. they trio together and they're gonna have trios titles so like yeah can we just stop like uh, this is what makes me upset is when we they just find stupid stuff people out there to complain about like i get criticism for stuff that deserves criticism but like this is just this is dumb. Like I don't know. I, I, you know what? I understand by them saying there's there's too many, but if they're all they are all doing great work, it's not like it's a complete mess or complete mismatch. You know the the issue for me with factions. If we talk back to the old days, the WCW when when NWO had like twenty something mm. people, that's an issue. That's a big issue. That's an issue to me. Not there being four factions with four people in in each faction. That's not an issue. But no, yeah, well, I'm I'm fine with it personally. Yeah, and I think a faction usually has a leader too. A lot of these are just teams, like I said. Um, I mean, what a sin. I don't want to get too far off the topic. I'll just say this: what a sin with the hurt business that was really working out. And I thought that they were cool, and then they got broken up. Like at least in AEW. <laughs> The factions, like if they do split up, I don't know. They, at least they had some time to marinate over in all elite wrestling. All these yeah. teams, like why, why, why did that happen? That's something it's for another short, day. Yeah, <laughs> it's short. It's short term. Site, you know, all they care about is getting the title back on Drew McIntyre. So they have to destroy everything good I they can't built stand up. Him. Nah, Drew McIntyre <laughs> is good, but right now Bobby Lashley is the business. So, so keep it on him. Good, exactly. But they've yeah. got their plan, so it is what it is. Yeah, we will not delve into that too much. Uh, maybe ask a question if you want that talked about. Um, we had Moxley taking on Cesar Bononi. Uh, good news in the world of Cesar Bononi. His wife, I think, got an interview with the Brazilian consulate for a bone marrow donation with the help of AEW's legal team. And uh, this, the head lawyer, I think her name's uh, Mega Parka, Parker or something like that. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but what a saint this woman is. I really like spearheaded this with Cesar. And obviously, we know all the great work she did with 
Amanda Huber and Brody Lee's family. So, you know, they really have a great staff here at All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, really impressive. And, um, you know, it's it's very... What I like about AEW, without them being very corny about it, they're clearly a very family-orientated, you know, team of people and family-orientated show that wants to keep their, their staff happy and their staff well looked after. And they go above and beyond to do that. So, um, exactly. Again, again, just another another um, example of them just putting the human beings first and not always wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know what? With this match, the last time Cesar Bononi was on, it was kind of like a squash match. It was with Hangman. It was like this sucked. This didn't suck at all. Um, this was a good match. He actually no. He got a good amount in on John Moxley. And John was sound for him. He even cut a promo about how he thought this guy was good. If you get Moxley to sell for you like this and 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 put in some offense, then I don't know. I think you're getting a push. I think he's gonna get a push. It wasn't a squash match. What did you think about it? It wasn't a squash match, but I think it was it was okay. Like it was it was it was good. It was he got his stuff in. Moxley got his stuff in. Moxley's a professional. Probably knows the guy from you know NXT. Even though obviously Moxley was on main roster by the time Caesar wasn't in NXT. But um, I, I I think it's just a standard match. I I wasn't like blown away by anything. Um, I think Caesar Bononi has a lot of talent, but I think he is definitely someone that may need time to develop his character before we take a real strong interest in his matches maybe they give him a manager because he's a big man they can give him a manager that can kind of do the talking for him I don't know but I think he's someone that his character should definitely come before his wrestling because in ring if we're honest with ourselves he's right now just kind of trademark wrestler there's nothing kind of special about his repertoire whereas if they develop his character like um I don't know. I don't want to diss MJF, but I know a lot of people aren't like over the moon with his wrestling in terms of MJF's wrestling, but his character just shines through. You see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Jay White so, too, the same. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. so maybe it's Cesar Bononi is someone that fits the similar mold. Maybe he needs to work on his character stuff. So that is what we care about more than his in-ring because his in-ring is fine. It's clean. There's no mistakes, but it's not exciting for me, in my opinion. I would agree with that. It wasn't that exciting. Uh, but it was just cool to see them go back and forth because he's so big. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that statement. Maybe his character, uh, you know, Jay White and MJF, like these guys aren't that great. Like they're not Dean Malenko in there. Yeah. They're not yeah. like these technical guys doing all this great stuff, but their character and charisma and whole persona carries them through. Um and just Benoni cool. looks good. He like he physically looks good. He's, he's physically in shape. He when he dresses up in his suits and stuff, he looks like money. So he can play off something like that character-wise and then just do what he needs to do in the ring to get by. Yeah, Moxley's called him. He said he was like a he could be like a model or something. <laughs> um, but we'll move on to I think best segment of the night. Uh the MJF gift to the pinnacle. I don't even know what to say about this. This was fucking awesome. <laughs> Sorry for that, everybody. But uh, they're all in the locker room. He has a stylist out there. He said he's going to give everyone custom suits because they got to look good. They got to look awesome. Uh, they're the pinnacle. Then he says the room that they're in the locker room is a dump, uh, which was the inner circle's old 
dressing area. So he got an interior decorator. Um, he said he's going to go bring him in. He goes to the door, and it's Jericho with the inner circle, Sammy Guevara, who's back, Santana and Ortiz. And then he turns around, and then he goes, we got to go. What? We got to go now. And then I died, dude. That was so funny. And he goes to the other door, and Hager's there. And then anarchy happens. Literally. Gets what I loved about this. Crap. What I loved about this segment is like we saw like split segments of everyone mm-hmm. going up against their kind of nemesis and getting their stuff in. We saw Hager and Wardlow. We saw um, Sammy Guevara, Sean Spears. Yeah. Um, we saw the tag teams ripping themselves apart. And then obviously it was punctuated with the Jericho, MJF stuff that happened, thrown into the vending machine. Um, what did he say to him when he threw him into the vending machine? Oh, he's like, you're a bitch or something? I can't, I, I can't remember. He said something saying. really funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I can't remember. And then he, obviously, they got, they got thrown out the, the dressing room. This is um, our dressing room, bitch. Yeah, says yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then put their inner circle sign back on the dressing room. What happened to Dax? He got busted open on his head, didn't he? <laughs> like, yeah, but that was for real. What the heck happened? I don't what? know. I think, I think... Um, Maybe I don't know. It's either Santana or Ortiz. Um, I think it was Santana, in fact. Um, I don't know what happened to him, but um, I thought what was really cool afterwards, he tweeted out that you know, when when you make someone in your family bleed, the response is you send the other person to the morgue, aka oh. kill them. So yeah, looking forward to that. <laughs> I gotta I gotta go look at that tweet, but yeah, uh, uh, Santana had like this um director's chair that they like broke and there was like sharp wood in his hands so i think that cut dax and dax actually got stitches after this whole segment so this Mm -hmm. was a pretty great fight sammy um really killed sean spears and you know yeah these multi-faceted segments of the rivals going off really cool stuff and they reclaimed the locker room for the inner circle yeah happy to see them happy to see them back what about this uh crazy six-man tag match which uh, uh for for the like third fourth week in a row there was just too much to call i mean check this out it's like a full page for those that you can see i'm holding up my note sheet of just notes of just match because there were so many moves and everything and if you want the full move breakdown then you got to go to my link in my Instagram and sign up for the newsletter because uh, that was sent out last night. So you get a full breakdown of all the moves that happened. Uh, but we had the Bullet Club, uh, Gallows, Anderson, and Kenny versus Laredo Kid and the Lucha Brothers in a six-man tag team match. Um, what did you think about this one as compared to some of the other ones that we've been seeing? This was, this was just a brilliant match. <laughs> it was just brilliant with all the stuff that these guys got in. We saw the triple super kicks early early on onto Kenny Omega. Um just a really good um outfit. I'm 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 upset that Laredo kid had to get pinned again because he got pinned last week, didn't he? Um yeah he pinned Cutler then he got pinned I think last week and then again. So yeah. Yeah. Oh if he pinned Cutler then I think maybe he just got beaten up after the bell. I can't remember. But, oh yeah he got his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think that's him done in AEW for now. He sent out a tweet saying, you know, thanking Tony Khan for the opportunity um, and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, I think that's him Aww, done for, for now. Why? But, um, I don't know. But 
Man, yeah. there's nothing going on in Mexico right now, so I don't really understand that. But but he's in MLW. Mm, okay, they're kind of strict with their contracts. I know that. Yeah. Um, they've been giving Pillman some problems, but yeah, this match was was definitely cool. Did you notice that the Good Brothers came out when they had their own entrance music? Now they came out with Kenny. They came out so, with Kenny with new music. New music, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they're on tag. I just thought that was cool. I mean, I just love seeing these guys, and I. Uh, I wished from like day one that they were AEW talents. They basically are now. They appear so much. They're always, always there. Uh, but as you stated, yeah, this match was crazy. Uh, in the beginning, the Bullet Club had the clear advantage. But as we saw, uh, Penta and Phoenix really kind of saved the day for Laredo Kid um, and, and hit some crazy, crazy moves. Uh, it was just awesome, like you said. And there were some cool quotes from uh, – Tony Schiavone said he's not seen a title reign with a guy going across the world like this since Ric Flair in reference to Kenny Omega. Um, and I'm not saying Ric Flair is uh, – I'm not saying Kenny's better than Rick. That's not what I'm saying. But they were kind of similar in their title defenses. Like Rick Flair had the NWA title, and he would defend it anywhere. That's what Kenny's trying to do with the AEW title. Um, this match did finish off, though – uh, with a, a feud between Laredo Kid and Kenny. They obviously don't like each other from AAA. Um, they had a feud at Triple Mania this year for the AAA title. Uh, Kenny caught Laredo Kid from middle of the air, hit an anti-air power bomb. He uh, hit two V-triggers. Laredo Kid got out of it, hit a Michinoku driver on Omega. Uh, but then Kenny kind of fought back in the end, hit a V-trigger and the one-winged angel for the pin. So they got the win, the Bullet Club. Uh, so, you know, what's going on with, the Young Bucks and the Bullet Club. Now they're getting wins and the Young Bucks still don't want to be a part of this whole organization. doesn't make much sense to me. It doesn't make much sense to Don Callis who called out Matt Jackson, slapped him in the face and said, what is wrong with you? Why don't you choose Kenny and us? I don't get it. What do you think about this? Because, you know, we got the card for next week too. I I thought at this point that um, Bullet, um, I'd say Bullet Club, um, the Bucks were about to, to turn on Moxley. Me too. I thought that. I thought that was going to happen. It might still happen next uh-huh. week in their tag match. Who knows? But um, yeah. Did you did you notice that Don Callis brought out the the Mega Championship as well? Yeah, they were holding the Mega Championship, which is one of my favorite belts. So yeah, they are collecting these belts, people. Um, and soon they're gonna have the Impact Belt. I thought it was very interesting how they they brought that out. Obviously, because you know, like you said, he he beat Laredo Kid for it. Yeah, to mock them, uh, kind of. Yeah, so kind of to mock him, but it's gonna be interesting. Maybe once those belts start racking up, he gets the impact one. The th- that's the third one. Maybe he heads over and gets that new New Japan title. That'd be cool. Um, a lot of a lot of people cool. are uh, kind of controversial topic about that New Japan belt. Look, uh, <laughs> in my opinion, that belt is it's a, it's a good belt as it is. But it's not a world title. No, I'm looking at it right now because I got the replica, and that that can't be beat. Like this, I think it was like the best title ever made, the version yeah, four. Yeah, it, it can't. It, this this new one is like if they turned around and said this is like the junior heavyweight title. I don't think any. I wouldn't complain for sure. But it's it's a good looking like mid card title for something, but it's not. It would have been a cool IC belt. Like, yeah, if they said it was the IC belt or like the new never open championship, then fine, whatever. It's fine. It looks nice. But it's not a world title belt. No, and I think uh, some belts in New Japan could have been redone, like the never. They could have made that like the IWGP open weight championship and put that. Mm -hmm. I don't think the heavyweight really needed to be redone. But I spoke, uh, you know, a lot about 
not liking this. So yeah. I'm not going to bore everybody with that. If you want, go check out my page. A lot of rants about that, but <laughs> we'll give it a shot. And, um, you know, there has been teasers of Kenny going against Kota Bushi. Don Callis has said it in recent weeks. So we just will see what happens with that as this pandemic hopefully comes to an end sooner than later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but thank you, everyone, for continuing to ask questions. We are uh, right at that point of the semi-main event. Going to get through that in the main event and then get some of the questions that everybody submitted. Uh, we had Nyla Rose and Allie uh, of the Hardy family, whatever the heck this is, with Vicky Guerrero facing Ty Conti and Hikaru Shida, who were accompanied by the Dark Order. Ty is the number one contender for the AW Women's Championship, but she's a nice person. She's friends with Shida. I like that. If the title change hands to Ty Conti, uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with that. A lot of people really want Britt Baker, though. But this match, um, eh, it was okay. I, I mean, uh, Nyla did really well in the beginning of the match. She didn't really do much. It was kind of just Nyla. We had some dirty stuff with Allie after the return from commercial break. Um, you know, Ty did a lot of the work, but Allie cheated. And she did that with the Hardys. Uh, Hardy kind of distracted ref Aubrey Edwards, allowed Allie to come in and hit Ty with a Singapore cane, which she smacked her hard. Uh, she got hit with that thing. Then she hit down the rabbit hole, which uh, is her reverse DDT finisher. Yeah. She got the pinfall. So the Hardy family uh, racked up a win. And I guess the, the storyline goes when they win, they go to the pay window and the team brings in more revenue, right? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of things to say about this match, everything this that happened in this segment. Um, Ty Conti, right? Well, firstly, I don't think it's her fault, but I don't think that Dark Wins should contribute to this win-loss record. Okay. Because ultimately, she has become number one contender from not really winning where it matters, if you get what I mean. She's not re- winning on TV so that the crowd become used to her um, she won last week, of course, but one one match. Yeah, so she's built up the rest of those wins all on dark, and it's like all of a sudden she's the number one contender. Yeah, so, that is. I didn't even think that, about that. I think I think that's a bit of a problem which they need to solve. Maybe dark is just maybe got its own record, and dynamite's got its own record. If you see what I mean, because I don't think this happened with Scorpio Sky as well. Scorpio Sky had seven wins, but all of a sudden he gets the TNT Championship shot and loses. The same with, I think, Big Swole. She had a lot of wins, became number one contender. But none of them were on Dynamite. Yeah, so it's this like, is a problem. Yeah, kind of doing that crossover, it makes people think, for some people that don't know, that aren't watching everything, like myself, yourself, it's like, well, how did this person become number one contender? Um, as well as that, now Ty Conti's in a great position, but we don't really know much about her. Again, if you're watching Dark, you may know about her. I know about Ty Conti from her time in NXT. I don't think they've told a story with her that that is kind of pushing her to be the number one contender. It's like, yeah, she's the number one contender by statistics, but who is Ty Conti? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, they did this with Big Swole too. They They've had her as a number one well. contender. Uh, they kind of like threw her in there when she was still very green, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of injuries and everything. So I'm not going to completely blame her for that. Yeah, you're kind of on to something about the dark wins. Um, you know, Dark Elevation, we've had the third episode this Monday, and that was really, really solid. I definitely enjoyed watching that. I could see if those wins counted because it's a cool 
cool show and they're not so predictable but a lot of these dark matches on tuesday dark uh you know they're kind of like easy wins and i'm a super fan i watch everything uh even though i shouldn't because it takes up way too much time and you know i'm a law student that's probably a really dumb idea but i like to watch it but it's hard to watch sometimes even for me i'm like this is kind of long like i'm done with this not everyone's gonna watch dark yeah. So you're right about that. I think eventually what they're going to do, I think what they're going to try to do is really develop this dark brand into the developmental territory, like what yeah. NXT did, and maybe have their own set of belts over there. But right now, we're just not there yet, you know? Yeah, and, and that's all I think it is. Because right now, let's let's say we have a match for, you know, Shida versus Conti next week for the AEW Women's Championship because Conti is the number one contender. Conti's not going to win. No, not chance. So it kind of makes the whole thing a bit irrelevant because she's built up all her wins away. We don't really know who she is anyway. We don't really know her personality or anything. So why is she number one contender? So, yeah, I just think, um, you know, it's good to see other young people kind of be propelled and given these opportunities, given wins on dark and stuff like that. But if we're not doing the character work to go along with it, it's kind of irrelevant it's kind of pointless it's i would really like them to do build her up though because i really like ty conti yeah yeah i think she's got she's a probably got a unique story too yeah um daniel says here that um ty and hangman are my favorites was sad to see her lose and that um but she will ho hopefully get revenge next week interesting uh yeah but we'll see we'll see i i hope that they do build her up instead of just thrusting her and feeding her to sheeta my, my last point is that, again, like you mentioned earlier on, we're seeing a great story be fleshed out and told between Jade Cargill and um, Red Velvet. We're seeing, you know, off, off the back of Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, and Britt Baker had a promo on last night's show as well. What is the champion doing? They can put everyone else... So we had Sheeda. Sheeda was on the card. She met. She was. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was. You even forgot. See, this, <laughs> this exactly proves exactly what I'm saying. Like, they're doing good stuff with the women's division. They're booking everything else around it pretty well. Now they can't. It's, it's, they can't book the title. They can't book the champion. Yeah, because well, Ty kind of did the match, know, like. right? Exactly. Who's well, whose eyes? Who are you looking at during the match? Ty. Uh, yeah, she seemed to be in the ring more. Yeah, she didn't really do much. I don't get it. Let's just not even talk about this because I, I can't stand. <laughs> it's it's, 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 it's mind-boggling because I want them to do it right and they are, they're taking steps to getting this absolutely perfect. Um, we're going to talk about another woman that made the return you know, in the main event, which I was absolutely happy to see. But I just don't understand why can't, why can't they get the champion right? If anything, she should be the easiest person to get right, no? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. We've been, we've been saying this for months, too. It's just odd, but... Uh, so crazy. I don't know. And it looks like Thunder Rosa and Britt are going to continue this feud, so... Um, I don't see the belt coming off her really in the near future. Coming off who? Sheeta? Yeah. I think double or nothing, she's lost that belt. Well, that's in... That's over, like, a month... Almost yeah. two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but they, they <laughs> like telling the long stories, so that it wouldn't be a problem. Look, they don't even use her. They threw her in a tag match today, like, or yesterday. It's, you know, it's, it is what it is. They, whenever she loses that title, she's lost it, and that's it. So, you know what? You know, it would be good to salvage this right now until double or nothing. What have 
Sheeta do an open challenge on Diamond every week for the belt and have all these people challenge her and at least have these title defenses racking up. That'd be something yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with that. That'd be an easy way to book her until we're getting closer to the pay-per-view and Britt Baker, like, I don't know, wins a string of matches as well and becomes number one contender and she wants her match at the pay-per-view. Or um, takes her out backstage and gets her so pissed off that Sheeta accepts a challenge. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, easy way to book the champion. I think, yeah, why not do it? So, uh, Kenny, if you're out there, come on, buddy. You know what to do. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the main event, the Arcade Anarchy match. Uh, AEW, if anybody from the organization sees this, you guys do a great job of making custom sets for, like, unique matches. You know, we had the yeah. bunkhouse match, dog collar uh, there have been a lot, a lot of cool matches, street fights. Uh, they always put effort into making a set and all the props look cool. And last night was definitely not a lazy job at all. It was cool. They had arcade machines surrounding the ring, prize boards uh, with a lot of detail. Actually, they had like weapons on the prize board and then uh, tickets that you had to cash in to get the prizes. It really looked like an arcade. They had a whack-a-mole machine, Mortal Kombat. A clock machine that was clear, which will be of significance in a little bit. Uh, there was barbed wire on the prize board. And then a interesting little teddy bear, which will also come into significance in a second. Um, but before we get into that, thank you, AW, for that set. Though. What do you think about this new theme from Orange Cassidy? That's a, that's a cool theme, man. The Pixies, Where Is My Mind? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was interesting. I think I saw... Was it on Elevation during the week? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was yeah, this week it. was the first time. So TK yeah, yeah. spent that money to get that song for OC. Yeah, yeah. So um, I saw that during the week. I was, I was, yeah, it was good. It's good. It's, it is cool. Um, this was uh, a really interesting match, though. They started out pretty quickly, rolled down to the outside, threw Kip into this whack-a-mole machine. Um, they started hitting each other with the mallet. Miro started hitting each other, then with the mallet. Uh, Miro suplexed Chuck onto a steel barricade, threw Orange Cassidy's head first into a chair. Then we saw Chuck out of nowhere jump out of this mortal, jump over this mortal combat machine onto Miro, which is really funny. Uh, the best friends then got a little violent, went to the prize board, cashed in their tickets, got the kendo stick, beating Miro up with that trash can. And then they used the ring barricade to clothesline Miro, which was a, a definite cool move. Yeah. Um, we saw Chucky e. T grab that teddy bear, like I said, and I was like, no, like it's, it's weird, but like people are going to bury this because he's going to hit him with a teddy bear. Oh, they buried it anyway because he dumped out Legos, which I get that it hurts, but I would have rather just seen thumbtacks at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. I said I was hoping that the teddy bear had thumbtacks in it. It had Legos in it, though, which I guess goes with the whole arcade thing. Kip, yeah. though, um, powerbomb Chucky e. T on it. We'll get to your favorite part now. Orange Cassidy hit a variety of moves. Kip got out of it. But then Orange hit the orange punch, and it looked like Kip was going to be put away until Penelope Ford pulled Aubrey out of the ring. Who comes out of that claw machine, though? Chris Statlander. Yeah. <laughs> back. She is back. I don't, I don't even know why I like this woman so much. Me I have too, no dude. idea, but I just think she's so cool. I'm, I'm, I was happy to see her because her, 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 her injury has been a long road for her. Um, coming back from that injury, we've seen her on BTE a couple of times in between. Um, so yeah, good, good that she's she's back in full effect now. 
I'm happy she's back. And like you, yeah, there's just something about her. She's like pretty unique, I think. Um, just like, a, a, and she's green. She's very green. She's a new talent, but she's very unique and a cool asset to the women's division. So I'm definitely happy to see her. She hit Penelope Ford with a Michinoku driver Ooh. off the apron through the, the hockey, hockey table. table. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, and the crowd uh, around the ring really popped for her. I, I don't think there was a live crowd, but it was awesome to see. Uh, then we saw another return. A van rolls down the entrance ramp, and it's Sue's van. Trent Beretta comes out, the other element of Best Friends, who was injured. And I really thought that they said he was going to be out for a while. But he was back last night, and he really took it to Miro and Kip. Um, so maybe he's, so he's better. He has, he's been out for a while already, hasn't he? This With is nearly, This is nearly about... Six months at least he's been gone. Trent? Yeah. When's that? I don't even remember his last we're match. In, I guess we're he's... in April now, remember? No, I, I mean we've been stuck inside, so I guess everything blends we're together. In April now. Yeah, I mean the, the last big angle, remember he wasn't around for the the wedding when Chuck was no, the, no. the the um butler. That was in February already. So he's been gone quite a while. He's been gone maybe at least, you know, four to six months. So um, maybe he's Maybe Trent Beretta is all better because he looked good last night and he took yeah. it to Miro. Um, we saw an ending, though, that was a little bit controversial with some people. Trent speared Miro through a table set up on the stage, and then Chuck Taylor did a running power slam off the stage with Kip Sabian through a table and got the pin. Chuck and Orange Cassidy won. They reunited with Sue, Trent, and Chris Statlander. Uh, for the victory. So the best friends are back. And I thought it was cool. I forgot about this, but like somebody said that Chris Statlander came back for her, for her boy, which is orange Cassidy. Cause they like have like a, a crush on, on each other. Um, yeah, yeah. But orange cat, uh, Chris Statlander has a real boyfriend in real life. Uh, Caleb with a K from impact wrestling. Who's actually really funny. And I'd really like to see him and Daniel Dashwood come over uh, to AEW. but that was the show. Everyone Miro lost. He hates Mate. Kip. He has to hate Kip, right? Yeah, like, the, let, let this please be the end of this. Amira moves on to something else. Or, yeah, he takes his frustrations out on Kip now. Um, either way, you know, like Arpit has kind of rounded it up here, it was stupid and wholesome at the same time. <laughs> like, the match was just a complete mess. But um, it was a fun match. I'll give them that. Best friends are really carving a niche for themselves in this kind of street fight kind of match um the kings of comedy really kings of comedic wrestling up here said that trent had his last match in december so yeah we're looking at about four months he's been out okay um, i'm dumb sorry everyone um, yeah no really good main event to end to end the show and you know sue icing on the cake as well anytime we see a bit of sue's it's it's entertaining so yeah she's a great person i really like when they come out, I love the best friends, man. It's just a feel good team. And this was a feel good match. And especially there's so much negativity out there. There's so much going on with this pandemic and all these political situations out there. Sometimes a feel good match. That's funny and entertaining. Sometimes that's fun. Sometimes that's what we need. And sometimes I'd rather see that than people beating each other to death, really. So I left this uh, show with a smile on my face and that's all I can ask for really. 
100 percent um so yeah guys that was the rundown of the show aew dynamite hope you enjoyed it and um, we're going to answer some of you guys questions thanks again for sending your questions over and um make sure you hit up king's road wrestling to get your questions on the podcast um hit, up, hit him up on instagram um we have a question here from Sharonica Silman. What do you think of QT's heel turn? Do you you lot think it's just so mm-hmm. Cody can go on baby moon? Yeah, I didn't actually think about that, but that's a good question. Maybe QT takes him out for good, but we thought this was going to happen with Moxley, and uh, he's <laughs> not out so yet. So he said, <laughs> he said, Renee, a couple months. I'm sorry, I got a, I got a feud with the Good Brothers. Yeah, they need to kill him off properly now um but yeah that could be very interesting i don't know when brandy's due do you know when she's due no but she looks like uh the picture she posted this week it's probably pretty soon maybe the summer uh or, or before that so who knows though if anybody knows that though tell us yeah i'm not too sure when she's due but um yeah i think it could be very interesting to see uh, a faction of obviously QT and who QT's got. We discussed that earlier in the show versus Cody and you would assume Lee Johnson, Dustin, um, Dustin, maybe the the two um, Billy Billy Guns boys, <laughs> um, the Gun Club, the Gun Club. Yeah. So yeah, be to be honest, maybe not Dustin. Maybe it will be the the Gun Club and Lee Johnson just because of the same age profile as of you know the guys in the the QT Marshalls faction but yeah maybe Dustin will be portrayed as very hurt from last night yeah yeah exactly but no it's a good story I'm looking forward to the the underscore elite daily asks what will QT's new faction be called you know what I've called it online when I was speaking today what the nightmare academy Oh, it's like a breakout thing from the Nightmare Factory. I like yeah. that. The Nightmare Academy. And it's like an evil logo of the Nightmare Factory. Yeah. yeah. Like, and Mickey, you can, you can take the mick of the current Nightmare Factory logo. And because it's Academy, because obviously the guys in it are kind of learning, you know, their trade and coming through. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if they necessarily need a name. Um, they could just be a gang that kind of hang around together yeah. and like split off from the factory guys. The warriors. Yeah, it's anything that might work. Um, Wrestle in Peace, he says, a serious one now. Do you think AEW have too many factions? I have seen many talk about it. No, I'm just going to say no. Yeah, I agree. We spoke about this earlier as well. He we said no. He asked, oh, he has another question. When will Suzuki show up at AEW? Suzuki's booked to fight Orange Cassidy at GCW. They had a match plan for the collective last year for Janela's spring break. So Suzuki is eventually going to come to the U.S. And there's no chance that he doesn't come to AEW. I mean, he's very good friends with Lance Archer, too, who was missing from this show. But uh, yeah, out of all the New Japan guys... I want to see Minoru the most. Uh, this guy is like my favorite New Japan guy. I love him. And uh, he'd have some great... I posted something yes two days ago. Uh, my dream match for their big super show that I hope they eventually have would be Sting versus Suzuki. ton of two old guys who uh, dominate on their side of the continents coming together. Yeah. Man, that'd be cool. It'll be good. I think, you know, like once we see the borders open up and, you know, flying to countries isn't an issue, we're going to see a lot of the Forbidden Door stuff kind of be utilized a bit more. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, because Mexico, they don't have that. You see, like Laredo yeah. Kid came and uh, yeah. the AAA talent can come and Kenny can go back and forth. Japan, 
it's their rule. So once Japan lifts the two week yeah. quarantine, they can come to America. Yeah. Um, and we have a question from the and James. Um, name the greatest technical wrestler we have in AEW, and if that person <laughs> is eligible to fight Suzuki. A lot of Suzuki. To, I guess because I, I put Suzuki's uh, picture on the question thing, I just like Suzuki. And uh, Helico. And Helico's the best technical wrestler, I think. He's yeah, like Sabre he's Jr. He is very, he's very similar. Mm, who else? I'm happy to go with that, you know. I, I I can't. My head's gone blank. I can't even think if there's if there's anyone else. He's so good, dude. I love Angelico, and he, uh, needs, he needs more spotlight, hundred percent, dude. Because if you watch some of his Lucha Underground stuff, he's like a top dog there. I think like he's really good. Um, but man, outside of AEW, Saber is, uh, and that's that's a British wrestler for those that don't yeah. know over in your side of the world. Uh, he's excellent. Yeah. Um, just picking up a few comments here, missed during the live stream. Daniel says, I can't understand AEW on this. I think this was in regard to Shida as champion. I can't understand AEW on this. They've got so many stars, but Shida is currently not one of the top ones. It's funny because Shida carries the, the title and she's the you know, she's had the title for the most days. You know, she's currently the most successful AEW champion ever. Ever. And they, they just really don't treat her like it. So bit of a weird one but we'll end on a positive note fh said very at the, at the very beginning of the show great show overall great opening match but not too excited over qt's new faction they may as well house be the house of parliament for all these groups so again <laughs> a, a lot of talk on the amount of factions that is in aew we don't think it's a problem because they get used very well um yeah, I mean, Mike, you want any last words on the amount of factions? No. Um, as long as they're all used for a reason and have a storyline, I'm fine with it. Exactly, exactly. Well, people, that is the show. Thanks for joining us right here at the Elite Maniac Podcast. Please remember to smash the like button on the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and for all our audio listeners, please make sure you subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a five-star review, let the people know the good work that myself and Mike are doing right here at the Elite Maniac Podcast. Mike, any last words before we sign off? In the words of MJF, we gotta go. So thank you. <laughs> Happy April Fools and uh have a good week, everyone. Thank you. We'll be back same time next week, guys. Take it easy. Speak to you later. Remember to subscribe, follow, and leave a five-star review.